0: Well, have you ever found yourself? Oops, sorry. have you ever found yourself um, laughing out loud before you've had chance to control it, and like you wish you had had a bit more control? So, in my second year at Bible College, it was the uh, the graduation and presentation evening. Not not for us current students, but for the ones that were just finishing. So, our job was, you know, setting out chairs, welcoming people, ushering that kind of thing. But on graduation night they also give out annual prizes all right so the ceremony going on a bit i'm not really paying a lot of attention sat on the back row as they read out what each prize is for what it's about and there's one about making contribution to college life that kind of thing anyway andy was sat next to me saying what what's this prize for and i said oh look this is just the sympathy prize it's the one they give to the dunces with no chance of winning in anything else And this year's award goes to Colin Taylor. (laughs) Now, this is clearly very funny. And it was all right for Andy, sat next to me. He got to crease up on the back row. I had to walk up to the front in front of everybody, stand, smile, take a photograph, and get back again. Well, today we're staying with Abram and his wife, Sarai, and become Sarah, as they respond to God's history-changing, earth-shattering promises with, for one reason or another, they respond with a chuckle, with a laugh. And this is going to help us because if we stop and think about it, lots of times we hear God's promises and hear of his power to do absolutely everything and effectively we laugh it off. You know, look, sure, in my head, I believe God Can have anyone with even the most hardest heart turn to him in faith, but not the people I know. Or sure, as I I suffer what I'm going through, I get that God must have plans and purposes for that I can't see in it. But it's a bit of a laugh how this always seems exactly the opposite to what I want. Uh, God's promises sometimes seem hard to believe but i reckon there are two ways you can respond to the unbelievable with a good laugh of wonder at god or a sad laugh of unbelief a good laugh or a sad laugh so here's our outline for today Uh, a good laugh a sad laugh taking god's promises seriously and god has the last laugh so um, just to explain the verse he ordered. So the good laugh and the sad laugh are kind of the beginning and the end of today's passage. And then in the middle, there's stuff about Abram keeping the covenant. So that's, that's why it's set out like that. So just to get you to speed, so far in Genesis, we've seen humanity consistently reject the perfect and abundant and life-giving, joyful, right relationship with God. Give that up with the, for the false hope of running things our own way. And there were glimmers of hope. You know, Noah was a good bloke before he got in the ark, wasn't he? He was righteous, walked with God. But even as he's walking down the gangplank, God knows that the human heart will always end up seeking evil, seeking to reject God. And God would still have been good and gracious and kind in just leaving us as we were, struggling to make a living in life. But instead, he chooses one bloke, Abraham, to bless and through him to bless the whole world. So God's made a covenant or a contract with Abram to bless him with land, with offspring, and being a key part in God saving countless people as his own. And it's a contract where God in his grace, he carries all the liabilities. All Abraham has to do is take God at his word and it's credited to him as righteousness being in good, right relationship with God because of what God does not because of what Abram does which is just as well because as we've seen Abram is more of an encouraging failure than a hero of faith good example to us but as an encouraging failure not exactly a hero of faith so as we get to today's passage God's been fleshing out this covenant this contract so in 17.1 He said to Abram, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. So in other words, God says, trust me, take me at my word, treat me as what I objectively am, as as your God. And he's expanded the promise. So Abram won't only father a nation, but nations, plural. Kings will come from him. And this covenant will be everlasting for his offspring. God's also introduced a sign of the covenant. And this is a bit where I hold on to the lectern, so don't make any hand signals. Circumcision for males. More of that later. So we, as we pick it up in verse 15, God tells Abram his promises for Sarah, prompting him to have a good laugh. That's our first heading, a good laugh. So far, Abram's been told, he's been promised that it's going to be his own biological offspring that he'll he'll have. And he's tried jumping the gun by having a child by Sarai's slave, Hagar. But now God specifically includes Abram's wife, Sarah, in the promises. Like Abram, she gets a name change from Sarai to Sarah, meaning princess. And she's not only going to be a mother, she's going to be a mother of nations, and as with Abram, kings will come from her. So verse 16, chapter 17, verse 16. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. So this is, this is it. All those years, Sarah, Sarah unable to have children and then becoming too old anyway. Well, that was heartbreaking enough. But added to that, God's promises of offspring—what What could he mean? Their own attempts to sort it out with Hagar that had made life complicated, to say the least. As every year passed, the promise seemed further away, not closer. But now God speaks again. And this time, he's got details. Not only will she mother a child, nations and kings will come from her. Verse 17, Abram fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? Now what's Abram's laugh? We can't be exactly certain, but I think Abram's laugh here is a good laugh. Because he's face down in worship. And Romans 4 in the New Testament tells us that Abram believed. And also he's not rebuked or questioned like Sarah is later about her laugh. So I think this is a good laugh. And I think it's like, when our daughter was born, we, we already had two, two boys, two wonderful boys, you're right? And we just kind of assumed that we'd have another boy. It never really crossed our minds that we might have a girl. But when this new third child was born she was a girl and i reckon that was the kind of laugh that abram had sudden realization of how good things are and how grateful you are a kind of catching yourself believing something that you can't quite believe that kind of laugh now abram doesn't want ishmael to lose out and maybe you can't help thinking God blessing Ishmael, that'd be an easier solution, wouldn't it? Verse 18, Abram said to God, Ah, oh, if only Ishmael, hint, hint, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. But Ishmael was born of a human effort to fulfill God's promise. A human effort to fulfill God's promise. God chooses to save us through what is humanly impossible. God chooses to save us through what is humanly impossible so that we trust in him and not stuff that we do. Verse 19. Then God said, Yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and I will greatly increase his numbers. He will be a father of 12 rulers and I will make him into a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. So, yep, says God, I know all about Ishmael and I will small b bless him. He'll do really well. Very similar blessings to, to Abram, But my capital B blessing for the whole world, that's going to be through your son Isaac. And what does the name Isaac means? He laughs. In other words, God is going to have the last laugh. God's going to have the last laugh. Now, Abram's understandably focused on his family situation, but God's got something much bigger in mind. The future of all humanity and their relationship with him. God knows that Abram's family and our families in the end, our hearts turn to evil thoughts, to rejecting God and his ways, breaking our relationship with him and becoming deserving of punishment. It's true for Abram's family, it's true for our families. But God wants to bless us, to restore us into right, loving relationship with him. And he's promised Abram that it's through his family and particularly through Isaac's offspring that he's going to bless all families, not just his. But still, how? Abram's 100, Sarah's in her 90s. That's the the question behind Sarah's sad laugh, our next heading, sad laugh. Sarah hears the promise of having a son, not in vague terms, a promise that within a year she's going to have a son. Chapter 18 now, verse 11. Abram and Sarah were already very old and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I'm worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? And if that sounds a bit saucy, that's because that's exactly what it is. Hers is a cynical laugh. It's a kind of, if I don't laugh, I'll cry kind of laugh. I'll fall in a heap on this tent floor, and these guests will hear the sobs of years of pain if I don't laugh. <laughs> Sorry, fellas. I think you've missed your appointment by about 50 years kind of laugh. And... Uh, as, as with lots of Jesus' miracles, when you read them, if they're not going to be delivered, to make such a promise is just incredibly cruel, wouldn't it be? So, just to get our heads around how unlikely this is, imagine if on the news this week there was a headline Miracle Baby Comforts Queen in Her Grief. Just weeks after burying her husband, her royal hound is the Queen, discovered Prince Philip had one last surprise in store for her. She's pregnant with their fifth child. Completely unbelievable. So you can kind of understand what Sarah's going through. Uh, It's incredible news. (laughs) (laughs) Have you just got to the end of the paragraph? eh? Yeah, good. Thanks, Robert. We'll take that soon. (laughs) But the key thing is who it is making the promise to her verse 14 is anything too hard for the lord i will return to you at the appointed next time next year and sarah will have a son is anything too hard for the lord no god made the universe god sustains galaxies in their place the nails that pierced Jesus when he died in our place, he created those elements that that metal was made of. God can bring life out of nothing. God can bring a birth out of barrenness. And more importantly, he can intervene by grace through this family to rescue you and me And anyone who will take him at his word, back into right, loving relationship with him for eternity. Uh, So we'll come back and consider that at the end. But in the middle of today's passage, we find Abram not laughing, but taking God's promises seriously. Our next heading, taking God's promises seriously. So earlier in chapter 17, God had introduced this sign of the covenant between him and Abram, circumcision of all males in his household. So it was to be a physical sign, hidden from nearly everyone, um, as a way of saying, I opt into the blessing that God is promising. So it wasn't so much much that it showed you were trusting in God. Now the emphasis of God's covenant is what he will do for us. So it's a physical sign that you were... one of the people entrusted with God's promises. Because in the end, throughout the Bible, we see that physical circumcision itself was never enough on its own. God has always required a true heartfelt trust and faith in him and gifted that faith by grace to his people. So for example, Deuteronomy 30, verse six, the Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live. And in the New Testament, Romans 2, 29. Now a person is a Jew who is one inwardly and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit, not by the written code. So we can't go into covenant theology completely this morning, but Jesus' death on the cross introduced a new covenant, the the promise of forgiveness of our sins through Jesus' sacrifice of himself. So the cross sets aside the need for circumcision as both Jew and Gentile, all of us are reconciled to God through Jesus. The same spirit at work in all of us to circumcise our hearts. So if you want to read more about that, look at Ephesians 2, Galatians 3, Romans 4. Anyway, Abram obeys full-heartedly as he should. He and his whole household Family, employees, foreigners, all the blokes circumcised. I imagine there wasn't a lot of laughing going on that morning. And then in chapter 18, we get a kind of sneak preview of God's covenant blessing of Abram living life in good, close relationship with God. First one says, the Lord appeared to Abram. Now, don't ask me how this works. All we need to know is that Abram entertained these three, three blokes, these visitors who turned up, as Abram entertaining God. Later on, um, two of them are called angels. They go off to Sodom and one remains. and It's called the Lord talking to Abram. I mean, don't try and get your head around it, but it, these three blokes, that's God turning up. And what Abram shows is lavish, abundant, Deeply honouring hospitality in an ancient Near East kind of way, offered in, in true humility. So it's the equivalent of getting out the best china, that $300 bottle of single malt you've been saving, the Penfolds Grange all brought out. And as was tradition, he, he watches the meat, attending nearby under a tree. But for us, trusting in Jesus. We're given, by grace, even closer relationship with God than that. We're given a seat at the table, at the family table. So Ephesians 2, 4 and 6. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. Life from death. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ, And seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So when it comes out to sorting out our ultimate problem, the bigger problem everyone has, our need to be restored into right relationship with God. God has the last laugh, our final heading, the last laugh. Why did God begin his plan of salvation through a family? Well, that's his plan. Why start with it, start it with a childless couple? Because God loves to work through the impossible. We'd love him to work exclusively through things that we do, because then we could trust in ourselves and we wouldn't need God. But our rebellion against God puts us in a humanly in a impossible situation. It separates us in a way that we can't, on our own, overcome. We can't take up the slack and make things right with God by our own efforts. And Abram and Sarah, the human means that God starts his salvation plan with, they're a living picture of that. Isaac, God having the last laugh, comes from the power of God. He's a picture of of how we become Christian, of how we're saved. Life coming from bitter barrenness. Hope coming from hopelessness. Faith and promise gifted to us miraculously against all the odds. Maybe you've got unbelieving friends and family and colleagues that you have prayed for. And when you stop to think about it, you reckon... In my head, there's absolutely Buckley's chance that they'll ever believe. The thing is though, when it comes to getting converted, it's totally a level playing field. Without God's intervention, every one of us is spiritually dead. We need God at work in us to even begin to believe as much as Sarah needed God's help to get pregnant. So that means if you're a Christian, you're a miracle child. You're safe in God's promises forever, and you can laugh with delight. It's a miracle any of us are Christian. so if you are, don't give up on praying for people. Don't give up on inviting them here or to our women's events or... Just don't give up on overcoming the awkward of turning the conversation to Jesus. Because it's just as unlikely that you're a Christian than they will ever be. Well, to finish, 35 of my Christmases were in the Northern Hemisphere. So as the weather turns wintry, I start feeling Christmassy sometimes. So let's finish with God appearing to another woman who couldn't humanly be having a baby. So another woman God made promises to from Luke chapter one to Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was not laughing. She was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus, Jesus which means God saves. And in case we're wondering if God's forgotten his promises by now, Mary sings a song, and at the end of the song she says, sings this. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abram and his descendants forever just as he promised our ancestors. The biggest problem, Abram, Sarah, Mary, you and me, all face is being restored into right relationship with God. And the greatest blessing we know is that God has come into the world in Jesus to save us. And he's at work in us by his spirit to soften our hearts and minds so that we take him at his word and trust him so our laugh our laugh is not a snort of derision it's not a scoff of unbelief our laugh gifted to us by God is a laugh of joyful delight knowing we're forgiven knowing we're secure with our gracious God for eternity resting with him at his family banquet let's pray Lord thank you for your promises thank you for your faithfulness to your promises thank you that when you promise something it's as good as done because you are perfect and our best efforts to ruin the plan you overcome thank you for your grace to us Please help us to take you at your word. Please help us to persevere in sharing Jesus, in going through the pain of rejection sometimes and doing that, confident that you can work in hearts and minds, even the hardest heart. Amen.